Now to yet another managerial sacking at Watford, who are on to their 17th manager in just over 10 years after sacking Rob Edwards this afternoon and immediately appointing the former West Brom and West Ham manager Slavin Village. Edwards joined Watford from Forest Green in May, but he's been sacked after just three wins in 10 league matches, which have left Watford only a point off the playoffs. Edwards only managed Watford for 11 matches in all competitions. He won three, lost three. In a very brief initial statement, Watford confirmed both Edwards and his assistant Richie Kyle have left. The owner, Gino Pozzo, said they felt Edwards did have enough time to show the identity of his team. However, performances haven't reflected the club's hopes and ambitions. In Watford's last match before the international break, they drew 2-2 with Sunderland at Vicarage Road. That turned out to be Edwards' final match in charge after three games without a win, but he was remaining positive then. That's the best we've been, though, for, for this season, for, for 20 minutes. Um, so it excites me in a way because I know that's where we can get to and I know we're going to get there. Uh, we've got a period of time now where we can, um, we can recover a bit, one or two people go away, but we can still work and continue to work hard. We'll get a few more back as well. Um, so, I'm, I, you know, I'm actually I'm frustrated but there's real elements of, um, of, OK, I can see where we're going to get to as well. I mentioned that Watford are only one point off the playoffs as they look for an immediate return to the Premier League. They're 10th just now, six points off the automatic promotion spots. Massive major breaking news because Slavon Bilic has just been sacked by Watford. Watford sacking their managers yet again. You may remember we spoke to Rob Edwards just a few moments ago, well, a few hours ago. Uh, he is now in charge of Luton, but he was sacked after 11 games in charge. And then they hired Slavon Bilic. This was, what, some six months ago. And now, on the very same day that they are sacking Slavon Bilic, they have to told us that Chris Wilder has agreed to take over on a short-term deal for the remainder of the season. Now, final details of that contract, it's being discussed right now, could be signed within the next 24 hours or so. Of course, Wada back in the job after he was sacked by Middlesbrough. But Slavon Bilic, when he took over, incidentally, uh, Watford were 10th in the championship. He leaves Watford 9th in the championship and if you look at their run of form in the last few matches uh, they had a draw at the weekend against Preston a defeat to Sheffield United before that and then they beat uh, West Brom 3-2 that was on the 20th of February but it has been a bit of a mishmash in terms of results for Watford but as Watford so regularly do they say no more to their managers and get rid of them they have had Door, uh, managers come and go through the last uh, 10 years at the club and they've done it again. So they have sacked Slaven Bilic. As you can see there, he leaves them ninth in the table on 51 points at the moment. And it appears that Chris Wilder will take over on a short-term deal for the rest of the season. It usually is a short-term deal at Watford. We'll have more on that story throughout the evening here on Sky Sports News. Stay with us for that. Yeah, just to confirm, if you just walked in, uh, Southern Village has indeed been sacked by Watford. We'll bring you more on that story throughout the evening. No need for any introduction on this episode of Yawns. Because I think that the last couple of minutes or so have spoken very loudly for themselves. I'm Omar Moore on this brand new edition of Yawns. And now that's two managers sacked at Watford this season. Two head coaches no longer at Watford. It's Groundhog Day yet again at Vicarage Road, as it has been now for 
10 plus years. Managers hired and fired. Last season, three managers at Watford. This season, three managers at Watford. The owner of this club is embarrassing this club. The owner has become an embarrassment. This plan worked maybe six years ago, seven years ago, in the earlier days of the Pozzo reign at the Vic. But now it is a joke gone awry. The same gambling methods are no longer working. And the owner does not have a plan. And in football, when things do shift, you are required to have a plan. You are required to have a plan that is sensible. And by its very nature, when you're a football owner, you are a gambler. But even when you gamble, you must have a plan in your gambling so that when something goes wrong, you do something sensible as a backup plan. But now we have an owner at Vicarage Road who does not have a plan anymore. And the plan is more of the same. Just keep hiring and sacking managers as if that is going to solve the problem at the club that you're running. And the managers are never the problem, at least not the last few. Obviously, there's been one or two that perhaps some of the Watford faithful don't like. Certainly, I can think of one from last season. There may be one or two that some of the Watford players don't like. Certainly, Dan Gosling told you about Claudio Ranieri. But the bottom line is, is that these managers are a symptom of what the actual problem is. They are not the problem in itself. The problem is, is that the culture at Watford Football Club has deteriorated when it comes to the dealings with player personnel, when it comes to the owner's relationship with the fans, when it comes to the club's overall relationship to the Watford fan base, and when it comes to the relationship between the players and any manager on any given day or hour that comes through to Vicarage Road. The owner, through his actions, has made it clear, whether implicitly or explicitly, to the players that they aren't to worry about anything. It's like saying to the players... What Stevie Wonder said many years ago, don't you worry about a thing. Because you're going to be taken care of regardless of anything at this club. Regardless. Slaven Bilic was at Watford for 25 championship games. His record as the rain gets louder and louder here. 10 wins, 7 draws, 8 losses. During the course of that nearly six-month run at the Vic, Slaven Bilic got ten clean sheets from this Watford side, nine very, very poor performances, 13 below-par performances, and two very good performances. Two very good Watford performances as the rain continues to fall. The hail hits the windows here in Northern California. And it's appropriate that the heavens open up because maybe maybe that's a sign that there needs to be a cleansing at Vicarage Road. Not of managers, but there needs to be a change upstairs. Not the first time that I've said that. It's not the first time that I've said that. Not the first time that any Watford fan has said that. You now have a board that has no leaders in it. No leadership at all. Because no one, at least externally at least, has indicated at all that there has been any reason to change what's going on in terms of the way that the board is doing things with this club as far as player personnel are concerned. During the course of Slavon Bilic's reign, There have been issues scoring goals. 
There have been lots of injuries. There have been players in and players gone. Raymond I was a disaster, an absolute disaster. Vakun Bayov looked fed up and frustrated when he was subbed off against Rotherham in January of this year. I think that was just a sign of some of the other things that perhaps might have been going on behind closed doors. Then, in the following week's game at Middlesbrough on the 28th of January of this year, a very poor performance again in a 2-0 defeat, you heard the exasperation of Slaven Bilic. Slaven, a tough afternoon. Very tough afternoon, yeah. Basic things. Basic things, you know, I'm not talking about about uh, our finishing, I'm not talking about our crossing or, or decision-making in the final third that you should be normally talking about. On this. I'm talking about basically, I'm talking about passing the ball to your player and I'm talking not making those kind of mistakes. And, uh, and if, you, if you do that and if you slip so many times like we've done, especially in the first half, then, and then on top of that, you you concede the first goal like that. Then 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 there's no point to talk about uh, systems, about patterns, and everything else. Is it just down to individual errors then today on the day? Yeah, but too too many errors, too many errors. It's no point. We can't point uh, on onto one player and all that. We, the way we pass every time, even in the first half, every time we pass the ball with good angles, with good pace of the ball with good first touch forward we were at least pinging them back uh, stretch them and all that on top of that you need quality in a, in a good good or right situation but but situations but if you if you if you pass if you give the ball away so many times that we've done today then then you have absolutely no chance whatsoever the decisive moments came before half time what did you make of the goals that you conceded First goal is like first goal came from our corner or, or or a free kick, I don't know. First we are trying to instead to clear that ball or to head it back. We try to do over kick or whatever. And then they got a ball of course and that reaction from our player uh, at the halfway line when you are one against one but you are in control, slow him down or or kick the ball out of the game. You are aware you are last man. You know that you are last man. To do that, it's 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 uh, very uh, hard to explain. It has nothing to do with quality. Nothing to do with quality. It has to do. I don't know. I don't know. In that moment, to make that kind of a decision, it's it's like it's unacceptable. You changed formation a couple of times during the game, and it yeah. gave you sort of a five-minute spell to, when you penned them back. But you just couldn't quite sustain that. Okay, look, uh, start of the second half, we created a few chances. and uh, But unfortunately, we didn't score. And then uh, the game became a bit open. And all that, they were coming. They they didn't have chances, but they, they were coming in a good situations with numbers. And us also, but just we couldn't score. Enrique Rouge came on for his debut at halftime. What did you make of his performance and his movement as well? It's hard for, uh, hard for him to come, you know, when we are losing 2-0, but uh, you could see straight away um, after a couple of minutes he came in a situation that, uh, that he likes to come and he knows how to, how to get there with his movement, with his timing and with his quality and uh, he's going to be a big benefit for us, yeah. So it was, it was extremely... It was planned for him. Because Davis, he he's just he's coming back from 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 the injury. It was planned. It was not because of the result. It was planned that, that they play for 45 minutes each. And but it was only shame that Araujo has to come in a, in a situation when 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 you are two nil down. And final one. A few days left of the transfer window. Can fans expect to see any more activity? Hopefully, because it, again, it looks like we have uh, we have some injuries. Yeah, so hopefully we're going to get a few players. And Ferreira, uh, the player injured, another yeah. hamstring injury as well. Yeah, it looks like, yeah. yeah. What can you say? Thanks, Slaven. An exasperated Slaven Bilic there. That was the interview he did with Watford 
after the 2-0 defeat to Middlesbrough at the end of January of this year. And again, thank you to What Football Club for that audio. And I think that the issues at the Vic between the players and the manager existed before that particular performance, which was really a shambolic one at Middlesbrough. And that began the slide for Watford from where they had been amongst the playoff places to outside of the playoffs where they presently are. But I think, again, this began before that because I think that this really began for Slaven Bilic and these players in November of 2022 when there were some poor performances really um, shortly after he got there. I mean, this is literally about a month in when on the 5th of November of last year against Coventry City, Watford losing by a score of one goal to nil to the Sky Blues. And then after a win against Reading, uh, played very poorly against a Bristol City side away from home that had been struggling. A very poor performance for Watford there. Then, of course, there was the World Cup break of one month. And that saw Watford travel to Spain to get some much-needed improvements and some drill work done, all kinds of things, bonding, all the rest of it. But really, it appeared that that didn't do much for Watford either because when they came back to play football in the championship, December the 11th, they had a very poor performance against Hull City at Vicarage Road at the time. Hull City were in the bottom four or five of the championship. They got a win against bottom of the table Huddersfield the next game around, and then on Boxing Day, the debacle against Millwall, who absolutely dominated Watford this season. A 2-0 home defeat for Watford against the Millwall side, who bossed this game physically and also just in every other way. You had the left-back Hassan Kamara sent off with a straight red card. And even though, yes, there should have been a sending off for Millwall, the fact of the matter is, is that Watford behaved very unprofessionally that day, specifically when it comes to Camera, who has had a nightmare season at Watford this season after his Graham Taylor Player of the Year showing last season in just half a season here. And that terrible performance at the Vic in front of the Home Faithful on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, continued to round out the 2022 calendar year because they went to South Wales, as did the travelling Watford fan faithful, as always, and ended up showing up nowhere in South Wales. The team were missing in action there as Swansea beat them easily, 4-0, in what was, I think, one of the two worst performances of the season. In fact, the game against Millwall and the game against Swansea back-to-back were... I think the two worst performances of the season. Along with the Millwall game back in October at the Den where Watford didn't show up either. And Middlesbrough, the performance at Middlesbrough was right up there as well. So those four performances are the four worst that Watford have had this season. And I think it was in this December area, whether it was the late November, just before the World Cup, mid-November, or whether it was coming into December after the World Cup, That run of results, which featured one win in it and featured just one win in the five games from November the 12th through December the 30th of 2022, that run to me was where all of the things behind the scenes began. Now, look, I'm not in the dressing rooms. I don't know what goes on at Vicarage Road in the dressing rooms. I'm not there. None of us are. But the point is, is that I think that this kind of giving up on games and not playing well started in late November prior to the World Cup, just prior to that World Cup start in mid-November through the end of December. That's where all this started from. And yes, there was the odd performance, the 1-0 win at Norwich to begin this brand new year. And yes, there was the 2-0 win against Blackpool. But then after that, when you had a run of games where you were not winning, it was five games in a row without a win if you include the FA Cup game against Reading. Two of those games, if you take that game out, those four games, you saw games where Watford should have won the game against Reading and against Burnley. Both of those Watford led in and they did not win the game. Watford had a 2-0 lead at Reading, didn't get the job done there. 
Watford had a 1-0 win at Bur- lead at Burnley. Didn't get the job done there. I mean, those two games were massive. Had they won both those games, Slavin Bilic is probably the manager still. But the thing is, is that what makes the club a laughing stock right now is that this owner has lost all control. And nobody is telling this owner that the jig is up. The game is up. What worked five or six years ago, what worked in the first part of what was a very good rain at Vicarage Road under Gino Pozzo, an excellent rain. Great things being done on and off the pitch. And there still are some very good things being done off the pitch. But what has happened now in terms of what's going on on the pitch that worked in the first five or six years of Gino Pozzo's reign, the first seven years of the reign, has not worked in these last three and change. The last three years or so have been a nightmare. And that promotion that was achieved in between in those last three years was somewhat a mirage. It really was. Watford were not adequately prepared for a long-term stint in the Premier League once they got that promotion in the end of 2021, well, in April of 2021. They did not properly lay the foundation for a two or three or four year strategy. That plan was no longer going to happen and they just didn't do it. And whatever plan there was, was a five minute plan. And now it's become very clear that it's been a five minute plan. Because there is no backup plan now. Protect the players, sack the managers, don't hold players accountable. That's your plan. If someone were to ask you what the Watford way was, what would you say to them? How would you answer that question? What is the Watford way? I don't know. Except for hiring and sacking managers, when you're talking about what's going on with player personnel. It's never the manager that's the problem. The manager is always a scapegoat, but the manager is never, almost never the problem. Even when you're talking about a results-oriented business. And I think what needs to happen now is that the owner of this football club needs to reevaluate the plan and the model for success. And that plan has to be reevaluated. Reevaluated. It really does. If you want a model for success, and if you want to maintain a sense of success, sometimes you have to change what the model is. Because the model that you had before is not working now. The model of success that you put forth in the past that worked is not working now. And in this era of football, you have to change as an owner. Or the era will change for you. And what is happening now at the Vic is that the era of football is changing around an owner who refuses to change. An owner who doesn't ever verbalize communication to the fans. An owner who hides behind other people. In an age of social media, And you can criticize social media. It has some positives and it does have a lot of negatives. In an age of 24-hour-a-day punditry, certainly there's a lot negative about that and there's an occasional positive in it. In the age of podcasting, and here, here you are listening to me. Some of that's not... Podcasting maybe has its drawbacks and it has its pluses. But in an age where you've got instant communication, in an age where fans are accessing media on the internet through podcasts, through webcasts, through YouTube. In an age where all these things are coming at you, you have an owner who refuses to adapt to the new realities of fan bases and the way they are responding to what an owner or a football club does, to what the team does on the pitch. And this particular owner refuses to adapt to any of that. And that leaves many of us as Watford fans thinking that he does not care. Ben Manga, I think, is doing some good things. 
And I think he needs to be given even more power than he may already have as a technical director. I think that Ben Manga has done a very good job so far considering everything, considering the financial realities at this club. And I think that Ben Manga will really help transform things in terms of personnel. But you can have a new technical director. You can have a new director of scouting. You can have a new manager. You can even have new players. If the owner doesn't change his ways, none of it matters. None of it. Because the tone and the climate and the culture set in this club is set from the top. And that is a fact. If you have an owner who refuses to change, who refuses to adapt, who refuses to employ a different model for success, who refuses to have a plan in place for more than five minutes, you are going to continue to see the same things over and over again at the Vic with this football team, this men's first team. You are going to continue to see the same lack of effort, lack of passion, lack of urgency, lack of desperation. You're going to continue to see that because the players know that nothing more will be demanded of them than they just turn up on the pitch and get through 95 minutes. The players know that the owner has their back. And if there is no different expectation model, if there is no different demand, if there is no plan for three years at the club, if there is no expectation, then the players feed off of that. And they don't have any expectation either. They can pack in a lousy performance. They can lack the passion and the desire and the spirit when a playoff chase demands so much more than a lack of passion. They can absolutely have a decent first half against Sheffield United and then completely disappear in the second half. They can completely play very poor football in the first half against Preston and then maybe for 15 minutes of the second half put some effort across. They can have players who don't snap into challenges, who don't jump for second balls, Ismail Saw, who don't do anything defensively. What you have at Watford now are a collection of players who, for the most part, with a few exceptions, are playing like individuals. I don't think these players are very confident players at all. I just think that some of them think they're better than they are, but I don't think that they're very confident players. And they're not confident collectively as a team. Keenan Davis has completely gone downhill. Granted, he missed three or four games back in early January of this year. But he has not scored since October of 2022. Bakum Bio is in Belgium after what happened when he pouted being taken off against Rotherham, as I mentioned earlier. The Espria situation was very strange. I have no idea what that was really about. Slavin Bilic told us publicly that, well, you know, it's to give him time to rest as a youngster is too much for him. He's 18 years old. If he can be on the world stage and if he can be an international for Colombia, I'm sure that it's not too much for him to play in the Championship of English football. He acquitted himself well coming off the bench. I think that a lot of that is owner-driven. I think the owner is probably giving directives to Slavin Bilic about picking the team. I think that's pretty obvious. Because if any manager had any control over the team that he picked, he would have benched Ismail Assar a long time ago. And he would have had him come off the bench. But that hasn't happened. I think there's an insistence by the owner. Again, I don't know this for a fact. I am speculating, but I think that there is an insistence by this owner that you have to play Saw come hell or high water. Where have we heard that term before? Martins is another situation. 
Really good player, brought in by Ben Manga. Right-sided player, and I'm sure and I hope that he's used by Chris Wilder. Because I don't know that Martins is injured, is he? I've read reports, but none I've come across have said anything about Martins being injured. So why isn't he playing? Is it the same reason? Why would you not play these players that you've brought in for a run at the playoffs? Why would you stop playing those players unless someone upstairs is telling you not to play them? doesn't make any sense because they were playing, both of these players. Certainly Martins was when he got here. Now he's not. Why? Last time I remember him playing was the game against Burnley, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe he played another one after that. Maybe against Blackburn. I don't remember because I didn't watch the Blackburn game. It's the only game I've not seen this season. But the issue for me is, why aren't you playing Martins? Unless he's injured, there's no reason not to play him. Especially now that you've got 11 games left in the season. And now, what you have is an 11-game gamble. And as far as I'm concerned, as far as I see things with the owner of Watford Football Club, he is a gambler without a plan. A jigsaw puzzle owner. The pieces that you get in a jigsaw puzzle are jumbled when you first buy it. And then when you open up the box, you open up the plastic, the pieces are all over the place. You pull out the first one, put it down, and you put another one down, it doesn't fit. And so you have to continue to make sure that you look through all the pieces and get them to fit, and that takes time. This is a jigsaw puzzle owner who rushes. He doesn't have a plan beyond the end of his nose. And that is not a successful model that will sustain itself in football. It might work for two seasons, three seasons, even seven seasons, as it had at Vicarage Road. And I think all of us as Watford supporters are thankful for that, including myself. But that plan is no longer working. And when you are in Vegas, and the plan that you had to get you success the first six or seven times around works, but no longer works on the eighth and ninth and tenth occasions or the eleventh occasion. And you start to lose money at that craps table, on that roulette table. It is time for you to step back from that table, reevaluate what you're doing, and stop losing your money. Stop gambling all your money away. You have to know when to say when. And the problem at Watford Football Club right now is that you have an owner who doesn't know when to say when. A, because no one dares tell him. And B, because he's very stubborn. After this break... Chris Wilder. Welcome back to Yuans. I'm Omar Moore. Watford get rid of another manager and bring in Chris Wilder. Slavin sacked, Wilder welcomed. It is a wild world indeed. And how Watford continue to make a mockery of their fans with the way they conduct business. Not only now is it worn thin, not only now are we laughing at ourselves in some ways, but it has become tired, overwrought, and absolutely embarrassing. A once great owner is now embarrassing this football club he runs and refuses to get out of his own way. A once great owner is now insulting the fans just by the way he is conducting business 
and not talking to the fans. Now, an owner's prerogative is to say that, uh, to say nothing. The owner hasn't got to say anything, and there will still be people who apologize for Gino Pozza. There will still be a few Watford fans who do this. When you clearly see that things are not working, you do not continue to do the same kinds of things over and over and over again to expect and expect different results. That is the definition of insanity. And what you have now in terms of the ownership is a level of insanity that is so corrosive now, it has leaked through to the, to the fan base. And now you have many disillusioned, many disillusioned fans in various fan forums, in one of the fan forums that I do, Watford fans have told me they've had enough. I've said I've had enough as well. But now the fans have been, and for a number of years now under this owner, cast aside. And I think it's time that we really are honest enough about this. There's no more Graham Taylor, Elton John days at this club, and we shouldn't even have to refer back to those anymore. What we are dealing with now is what's happening in front of us now. No need to compare us to the previous Watfords, the previous managers, the Dave Bassett's of the world. We don't need to go back that far. We don't need to go back further than that. We don't need to. We need to deal with what's here and now. No going back to, well, it was worse than these days. That's not the point anymore. It never is the point. We have to look at what's happening in front of us now. And what is happening in front of us now is not healthy for this club. It's not healthy for the future of the club. It's not healthy for the prospects of the club, specifically as it regards what's going on on the pitch. The atmosphere at the Vic is not the same as it was a few years ago. It's been miserable. The team does not play well at the Vic in general, despite having a better record at the Vic. The team does not fight as hard as it used to. And there's become a definitive complacency about this team. The leaders who were there are not there anymore. There isn't a Troy Deeney in that clubhouse who is getting in the faces of players. There isn't. And that's the difference as well. You don't have that type of leader. Now, there are leaders at Watford. You've got João Pedro who's a very good leader. Leads on the, on the pitch. Craig Cathcart may be a good leader to an extent, but how much influence does he really have in the dressing room? Tom Cleverley, how much He's a good leader, but how much influence does he really have in that dressing room? His leadership style may be different from Craig Cathcart's. Craig Cathcart's may be different from João Pedro's. You've got players who are on loan who are not going to be at Watford at the end of the season unless their parent clubs say, yeah, you can have him. What is the plan from this owner? Does he have a plan? Of course, I've already answered that question. I don't think he does. So enter Chris Wilder to save the day. And it just makes you wonder how much money Chris Wilder is being paid. Now, look, it's a good appointment. There's no question. Chris Wilder is probably the best manager that was available for this championship job. It's a short term thing. It's 11 matches. He is playing with house money. And so for Chris Wilder, it's a benefit for him. It will be a blip on his CV regardless. If he gets the job done, he will be hailed as a hero. If he doesn't get the job done, and by get the job done, I'm talking about promotion, not just making playoffs. Ultimately getting a promotion out of that experience. If he does that, he'll be hailed as a hero at the Vic. If he doesn't, he will be moved on most likely and people will forget. No one will have any venom towards Chris Wilder regardless. Even if there's three or four games in a row that the Watford team of men in this first team loses. I don't think anybody will have anything to say negatively about Chris Wilder. 
Chris Wilder is a bread and butter manager. He is all about defending. He's a better defensive manager than Stefan Bilic. And he's also a manager who likes to bomb forward with his wingbacks. Wasn't there another manager at Watford this season who liked to bomb forward with his wingbacks? Oh, yeah, that's right. Rob Edwards. Which brings me back to Rob Edwards. Brings me back to Rob Edwards. Who this manager, or I should say this owner, sacked after just 10 championship games. Why on earth would you be sacking Rob Edwards after 10 championship games to bring in, eventually, Chris Wilder, who does the same thing that Rob Edwards does, but only has a bit more experience in it? Really makes no sense. And it it vindicates those of us in the Watford fan base who had said that this was the wrong move from the start, sacking Rob Edwards. But what we've become accustomed to now is sack this manager and then 20 minutes later we'll put out a tweet saying that we've got the new one. And this is what the owner has done now for the last two seasons at least. He did this two or three seasons ago with Javi Gracia. Javi Gracia got sacked and within half an hour there was another tweet. Welcome back, Kike Sanchez-Flores. If you remember that, Watford supporters listening, that's exactly what happened then. And we're seeing that again this season. Slavin Bilic out. 20 minutes later. Oh, hello. Welcome in, Chris Wilder. I mean, this kind of way that Watford is doing communications business with the fans just is not good. It's an insult to the fans. And you can put out press releases about sackings and hirings within 15 to 20 minutes of each other, which shows to the fans, shows me as a fan, that you're not serious, that you don't really care about the perceptions of the club. You don't care about the fans' perceptions of you anymore. You're in power, you're doing what you're doing, but you do not care about the way that Watford supporters view the club. You may be listening, but you're not really listening. You may have a semblance of understanding but you're not really understanding. Because I think you don't care to want to understand. The Hive Live issues, the problems with Hive Live video, and yes, it was great that the Watford hierarchy said, yeah, you know what, we need to refund the fans a partial refund. That was good. I was one of those fans who got a partial refund, and I appreciate that. These problems have been going on for many weeks, though. And that is not good either. You are a championship club. You are a club that was in the Premier League for a number of seasons. You are a club that puts yourself out there as a club that embraces family, which you do. But the way you treat some of the family is a real problem. And the fans are part of the Watford family. And I think it's really about time that you start to treat the fans of the Watford family with much more respect than you have at times during these last few years. Chris Wilder, I think, is, as I said, a good appointment. He is going to bring back the 3-4-3 that he loves. He did that at Sheffield United. Got Sheffield United into the Premier League. Got them to ninth place in the Premier League in the first season in the Premier League under him. And I thought that he did a good job there. But that ran its course and he got sacked in 2021. He got sacked in 2022 as manager of Middlesbrough after just under a year. Yes, this happens in football. Hirings and sackings happen all the time. But not as they do at Watford. The way they do it at Watford is absurd. I get it. In Italy... They do this all the time. I get that. I get it. And it's not a good look for this fan base or for this club. And quite frankly, it's not a good look for the owner himself. And the problems at the club lie in the boardroom of the club, in the ownership of the club. That's where the problems lie. And until that changes, the situation at Watford 
on the pitch with the men's first team will not change. It will not change. We'll have season after season after season of what we've had this season and what we had last season in the Premier League. And the sooner that the owner realizes this, the better. But will he ever realize it? I know what my answer is to that question. I do wish Chris Wilder all the best of success in these 11 games. And if he does do well, perhaps there will be calling for him to have a new contract. But the question is, what is the plan for the team on the pitch? And what is the plan for the owner? What is he going to do? Because you can have a great run by Chris Wilder. You can have some good performances. You can have some fight. But if you don't have a long-term plan about where you see this club, pretty soon you could be in League Two. And are you prepared to be in League One or League Two or in the championship for another five seasons before you can even start to look back realistically or look realistically, I should say, at the Premier League? There needs to be a foundation built at this club for success again. And because I do not think, because in my view, there's no foundation right now. What you're having now is season after season of sinking sand at this club in terms of the performances, in terms of the player personnel, in terms of what's going on on the pitch. It's a sinking sand mentality. And the owner doesn't realize that this club is sinking in terms of what the quality is on the pitch. You can give us flash and dash, but if no one is sticking together and playing cohesively, you may as well be playing at the Vic on sinking sand, not on the excellent pitch that Scott Tingley puts on every week. Changes must happen. And instead of changing the manager, there really needs to be a change of ownership. Watford fans can play their part in demonstrating peacefully. I've called for that last season, as have many other Watford fans. But the reality is, if Watford fans don't do this in any real serious numbers, what you're going to see is going to continue. And perhaps, maybe the owner doesn't listen, but if the press starts to get a hold of things like this, then perhaps the owner will be forced to pay attention to Watford fans who have had enough of the disconnection and the dysfunction that is going on in areas at this great club that we love. So the fans will have to play their part ultimately as well. And we have to be honest about what is going on around us instead of shrouding ourselves in denial about what is going on around us. Ultimately, Watford fans are being played for mugs. And that should never be happening at this football club. Especially when the mugging of the fans is ultimately being done by the owner of the club. The culture must change, not the manager. The attitude must change, not the manager. The players' attitudes must change, not the manager. And the only way that the players' attitudes change is when you have a change of ownership at Watford Football Club. Of course, the question will be, well, who are we bringing in? Absolutely, that question needs to be asked and answered. But right now, this club is sinking like a stone on the pitch. And in the minds and the hearts, I would say, of a number of Watford Football Club supporters. It is now past time for Gino Pozzo to really reconsider his investment in Watford. And for the benefit of all of us in the Watford fan base, look toward new ownership. Because now this has become very painful indeed. Too many traveling supporters of this club deserve much better. Too many Watford supporters across the globe deserve better. Too many of the fans who spend their hard-earned money traveling hundreds of miles to Blackburn, hundreds of miles to Middlesbrough, and to all of these other venues, 
hundreds of miles to South Wales. Games in which Watford lost all of those games. Too many Watford supporters deserve better than what we've seen the last couple of years. And that is the harsh reality. We deserve better as a fan base. And we deserve an owner who really cares about the fans. The culture will not change unless the ownership does. And since the owner sets that tone, it is more important than ever that someone who is in Gino's inner circle have a really honest conversation with him. Because this is no longer working. The once great glory days of the Gino Pozzo era at Watford Football Club are no longer here. And I've got news for you. They are not coming back anytime soon. Follow yours truly on Twitter at WFC and on Instagram at WFC. Don't forget to subscribe to the WFC YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to it now, please. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the Yawns podcast, the Yawns Watford FC podcast, which you are now presently listening to. That's it for now. Until next time, I'm Omar Moore saying Time